This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. It's always so good to be with you all. Um, lovely to see everyone. I'm representing, I'm sure. Woohoo! Go Boca! So, um, yeah, if, you, if you need some uh, post-traumatic stress counseling, come see me. Uh, but, uh, and I've got good news. You don't have to watch rugby tonight. So, lacquer, we can all go to bed early. Um, but I, I, somebody in, uh, in one of the groups, somebody just sent a message. It was like, like one plus one plus one plus one equals four because now we won four World Cups. And I, uh, <laughs> but I was thinking that one plus one plus one equals four, it's like, uh, it felt like there was a fourth man in the fire last night. It's like he was just like, um, his grace and his mercy. And, and I mean, I, I don't want to, we don't want to take anything back from the, from the All Blacks, although we want to take it back. We've taken it back. So, uh, but, but thank you, Lord, that we can, we can rejoice and enjoy life. God has given us, and I think that's the whole thing, is that um, Jesus said that I've come that you might have life and have it in abundance. But the thief has come to rob and to steal. And that thief is not, it's not just the enemy. It's not just Satan. It's actually a religion. Sometimes religion robs us from just living a life in, in abundance because we've got, we've made up a set of rules for ourselves that we feel we have to abide to. So, and I really felt, I don't know, is there, is there anybody that has a pain? Um, it's weird because in the first service I had a pain in my left kidney uh, at the back, and now I have one in my right. So is there anybody that's, that, that's suffering from, from a kidney or just pain in, the, in your left or your right side, you know, here about where your kidneys are? Is there anybody? Just stand up. Let's pray for you. And um, I'm going to trust the Lord just for healing this morning. So, Father, uh, maybe if you're close to people, just put a hand on them. And we just say, Lord Jesus. Thank you that you are faithful, and we just pray for, for healing. We pray that you will touch them. Thank you that nothing is impossible for you. And if there's anything in their bodies that is not of you, we just say, leave. You're not welcome. And we pray for healing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So as you sit here in the service, just experience the healing that God does bring. So... And and the the what I've what I've been like this morning. It's been so strong in my heart that I that I feel like a lot of people. It feels like uh, maybe you are in the wrong place, you know, at the moment. And I was, you know, when 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 I when I got saved um, in nineteen you know, long ago. <laughs> no, when I got saved in 1970, uh, 1980, when I was in Standard 9, Grad 11, okay, um, I really felt God calling me. Um, that I and and but I'd already decided to go become a teacher. So I went to in 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 81, I was a matric, and then 82, I started. I actually went to Hardstad Honorways College. I wanted to become a teacher, but while I was at the while I was studying teaching, I really felt God calling me into ministry, and. That, that scripture where Jesus called Matthew, and Matthew was a tax collector, and I was thinking, oh, my word, Lord, I've done so many wrong things. I, 
I've just been so, but Jesus said to Matthew, follow me. And Matthew stood up and he followed Jesus. And I just said, Lord, I'm going to follow you. And so I, I actually felt, and then I, 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 I left the, 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 the honor base and I, and I enrolled to go to the seminary the next year. And then one of my family members said, but you can actually, if you want to, you can actually do your army because obviously now the army is, they want me. They, because everybody had to do national service and, and then I, I said, okay, I'm going to do my army. And you won't believe it. I did my army through the, the Spoorweg police, you know, the railway police. I was a Stasi Blompot. Okay. So it, it's, <laughs> they used to call us Stasi Blompot. It's like you have these people with these green. I had a green, like Karin can tell you. I mean, I had this green suit and I was like standing on the Stasi like a Blompot. It's like a safari park, but it's green. It's like, um, they call it a man about farm suit. So it's like you look like a Plasian or whatever. But I mean, I was a, and, and, and I didn't understand why am I here at this place? And Lang Lachter Stasi in Johannesburg, it's like the biggest station. All the trains came there. But you know what? God put me there. And in those, I was there for a few months because, um, then I got accepted to go to the seminary. And I really felt like I, I need to go to the seminary. But in those three months, I was able to lead so many people to Jesus in that long laughter Stasi. I, I remember, you know, working and, you know, uh, we, we had so many traumatic things that happen on, I mean, people jump in front of trains and all kinds of stuff. And, and I didn't realize that God was putting, that was his training ground for me to learn how to work with people with trauma. And, and I didn't know. I was saying, but I just want to go to a college. I want to go to the seminary. I want to study to be a duomini or a pastor. And, and, but God said, listen, you, this is like, this is your training ground. So, so now I'm finished with the blompot and now I go to, to the seminary and I'm so excited. I'm going to study. And then as I start studying, I get, I get up my call up papers to go to Palaborva, seven Sai. Just started. I'm so excited. I, I'm learning the Bible, learning Greek, learning Hebrew. I'm so excited because I, I want to know more about the Bible and all this. And then I don't understand this. And I even had a general that, that was actually studying with us. And he couldn't even help me to get exemption from the army for that. I had to go. So six months later, I finished one semester. And then I go to the army. And I'm kind of like angry. I don't know what the heck's going on. Why, why is God doing this? Why, why should I? I mean, why am I here? And... And the Lord said to me, just look around you. You're actually in a mission field now. And there's a fence around this mission field. Nobody can even run away from you, man. The army is like, you can't run away. Those that try to run away, if they catch you, I mean, you see them. I don't know, those of you that were in the army, they, you get like a red little helmet that they put on your head. And you have to run all the time. They, 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 when, when they catch you, if you try to run away from the army, they catch you and they put you in the, in the, in the barracks or in the DB the tensional barracks, or, and then you get, and literally, you see these people with these little red hats, and you know they tried to escape out of the army, and they have to move all the time. I mean, whenever you see them, they just go on and on and on, and it never stops. And it's like, and I, and I realized all of a sudden, this is a, isn't this amazing? So I went to the, the chaplain's office, and I said, listen, what, what's going on? He said, well, we need, we actually need a coffee bar. So I said, I'm going to do it. So we started doing that. And every night I used to, I, there was a guy from Campus Crusade. I got movies from him. We, there was people in Johannesburg. I don't know who knows, go tell movies. But they, we still used the projector. It was like, <laughs> that's why I said I've been in the ministry so long. 
it's 40 years, but, um, and, and uh, then, then we started showing these movies and I would make an altar call after the, and lots of hundreds, hundreds of, of these trooper came to Christ. And it was amazing. And even, even later, you know, going to the border and, and I, I remember sharing, I, it was like, and even one of the chaplains, when I was sharing with him about my faith, he just started crying. He says, listen, I, I don't have this passion in my heart. What must I do? I said, well, let's get on our knees and let's ask Jesus to give that passion to you in your heart. And we prayed together and God just like changed this man. And it was amazing to work with him in, in the army in that time and to see how God has just, just the Holy Spirit filled him and he just became so full of his love. But I knew that God, this is the place that God wanted me to be. And then at the right time, I came out of the army and went back to study. But God knew. He, he knows everything. So I want to encourage you this morning. I feel like you feel like you are misplaced at the moment. And I want to encourage you that <clears throat> you are, you've positioned yourself. You're in the place where God wants you to be now. And just be patient. Just see what he wants to do. He's, he's going to, he's going to bring you to a place where you're going to feel him just release release you in a in a wonderful way. So I'm excited to to just see what the Lord does. And I'm so grateful that and then when I came out of the army, I married this woman in this wonderful woman here in front in nineteen eighty five, um in November. But she she kind of when I came out of the army, she says, Who are you? It's like you're talking this funny language because in the army you kind of learn not that I was swearing, but um, I, it was just weird. How's it my bra and all kinds of weird stuff. And you've got all these funny army slogans, you know, it's like, and everybody, and I know even the other students, they were sort of thinking, who the heck's this guy? But God also got lot, uh, rid of a lot of religion inside of me because I realized that the world needs Jesus. They don't need all the right answers because sometimes we've got these, uh, the Bible says this, the Bible says, and it's wonderful. The Bible does. But sometimes love and grace and mercy with the Bible changes people's lives. And so, so this, as, as Andre asked me to, to speak, and I just again want to honor the Lord for this church. I'm so excited to see what he's doing here. I, I feel part of this. I've been living here in East London for 27 years. I love church. I love what God does in the church. And I'm so grateful that that I can be part of what God is doing in church and church life in, in our city as well, just to see what he's doing. And we honor the Lord. And for Andre and Sonika, you guys are doing a good job. Well done. And we honor the Lord for you. <clears throat> yes. We, we, we are so grateful. I, mean, I might need a refill of this water later on. I don't know. I'm, they gave me this bottle. I just made sure there wasn't gin or something in because of, of everybody being so nervous. But there was no gin. Don't worry. So um, as, as Andre and I were speaking, because he said, and, and this is the pastoral month. And obviously for me too, being, being a pastor and having a pastor's heart is one of the things that we do is that we really, we build bridges. And the wonderful thing is that we have someone that has built the bridge. Jesus became our bridge. Because there was a void. Um, you know, we've all sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. And God, oh, thank you so much. So thank you, Father, for, for just being Jesus. Thank you for becoming that, that bridge that we can cross over. 
But I, I really felt that God wants to talk to us all about mending relationships, you know, restoring relationships. And it's not just marriage. It's not just in your in family. There are so many areas where relationships need to be restored. Even for us as parents, sometimes, they, they, we, you know, something happened between you and your children and they are estranged or somebody doesn't talk to each other or that. And, it's, it's, and I really believe that it's God wants to mend. He wants to restore relationships. And obviously, when we think about that, you know, we kind of think, but how is this going to work? And in Mark chapter 10, verse 27, it says, Jesus looked at them and he said, with men, it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Can you, can you say that? Say, with God, all things are possible. Yeah, everything is possible. And, and, but when it comes to relationships, it's so difficult because I kind of feel like, okay, I've, I've released this person going on with my life. I've, you know, but, it just feels like I, I, I can't see. I mean, I'm happy. I want this to be restored. But when I look at this person, I think, no ways. He's never going to change. You know, it's not going to happen. And, and, and we have to, you know, it's like we're stuck. And we have to start from a place of saying that when it comes to the restoration of relationship, anything God with God, all things are possible. And so even today, as you think of the area where you're struggling, I mean, it's like, and it, what, it, what it is, it could, be, it could be your mom, it could be your dad, it could be your husband, it could be a boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, or whatever, you know, what, what relationships, a cousin, somebody that we've, we've had a big scrap with, business people, partners, that, that we just, something just happened and, and the relationship was broken. So we need to mend that. And then I really believe in Isaiah 42 uh, verse 22, he says, but this is a people that is plundered and looted, and all of them are trapped in pits, hidden away in prisons. They have become plunder with no one to rescue them. And, and I think in the English, English Standard Version, it says, there's no one who says restore. So just say that, restore. Because that's what we want to say this morning when we look at those areas of our lives that have been plundered and been stolen from us. Like, the relationships, relationships with your children, relationships with a spouse, relationship with family, with a boyfriend, with whatever, your friends at school, those things. Just we're saying this morning, restore, Father, restore that. They, we need to, somebody has to come into the situation and we need to shout it out and say, Father, restore, restore the relationships. We want to see this restored. So, and, and, and then we asked the question, you know, when Jesus said that all things are possible with God, did he include fixing those broken, somewhat cracked, and even in strange relationships we sometimes experience? What did he mean when he says that all things are possible? And, and, and you know, in my life too, I have many of those, you know, that, that are just, they, they, they are just cracked and they are broken. And, and I know that God is able. And sometimes what I've found, sometimes where I've actually released people, and but sometimes it just takes time where you all of a sudden realize, but God just comes and he brings those people over your life again and gives you an opportunity to, to restore. And that's my prayer for all of us, that we will get to a place where, where we can 
see that happy. So, and then also when we suffer the sadness of broken relationship, we may grieve it for years. We may even wonder if it's really possible to mend it or if we should just like cut our losses and just move on. So those are the questions that we ask in our hearts. Is this worth it, you know? But with God, all things are possible. That's our first point this morning is that with God, all things are possible. And and that's what we are going to focus on is that, how, Lord, how are we going to, be, with you, it's possible to have a good relationship with my parents, with friends, with my, you know, with my in-laws. I mean, that we always say, don't let your in-laws become outlaws, because sometimes they do. It's like you, it's like you, 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 you know, you can pick your friends, but you're stuck with your relatives. I mean, your family is part of you. It's like, it's like, you know, it's like somebody said, I love my family. But I just want to see them once a year, you know, and then it's on a photo. I don't actually want to see them. It's like, <laughs> it's like that's the kind of thing. I like them very much. But it's like if I see them, you know, on a photo and I, you know, and, and, you know, and I love my brother even though he's in prison. You know, I still love him, but I, I don't want to see him, you know. It's like I don't think I want to go visit him in prison. And depends on where you are. You know, what are, what are those different things that, that, that we see, you know, um, <clears throat> And, and so, so we have to get to a place that we, we know that God is, God can do this. With Him, anything is possible. Um, in Hebrews 13 verse 8, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, forever. So it's like, because He doesn't change, He was there when this relationship was broken. So he can help to mend and he can help restore that. And even in the future, he's going to be there. So he's not going to change. That's why we can hold on to him. And also his um, tenacity in our lives to love us, that God's love is so amazing that he keeps on loving us even when we do the stupid things that we do because he doesn't change. And that's why Everything is possible because we know he doesn't change and he's love. And if we can just Lord ask the Lord and say, Lord, help me to love people the way you love us. Because your love is so amazing. You don't, you are not, you are not, you know, it doesn't affect you when, when people turn their backs on you. But we are affected by that. We are hurt, you know. And... So thank you, Lord, that everything is possible with you. And I want to trust the Lord. And, and even today, when you look at those relationships in your life, and we're going to talk just now about how, how do we actually do this practically and what is possible and how, does, how, do, how do we change that? How does this actually get to a better place? So the second, the second question is when we want to mend relationship is, 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 is do we really want to mend things? Do you really want to fix this? Because that's the thing, is that a lot of times you've got to say, listen, I'm over it. I don't want to fix this. I'm just not going there because it's just too painful. It's, it's really just painful. Um, so it, it, it's a choice that I have to make. I have to choose to say, I, I want to get to a place where, where this is healed. You know, um, and, and the question whether you can mend a fractured relationship has, has kind of one answer. Yes, it can be fixed. But with the grace of God, and obviously, 
we're going to talk about it just now, the choices that people make and, and how, they look at, how they look at this thing. So sometimes what God does is he starts softening your heart and he starts working in you. The problem is that we have a preconceived idea of what the other people are going to do. You know, it's like that, uh, you know, this, this guy wanted to borrow his neighbor's lawnmower. And he, he said, as he walked to go and ask if he can borrow the lawnmower, he was starting to work himself up because he knew this guy. He's very stingy, doesn't actually like it when people borrow things from him. So he was saying, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ask, but I know he's going to say no. And oh, he's, so, he's so opinionated and he's so stingy and he just, I... I, but And he's on his way, and he's talking to himself, and he's just telling himself that this is not going to work. So he knocks on the door. The neighbor says, hello. He says, ah, man, just keep your lawnmower, and he walks away. <laughs> so, so sometimes that's what we do. We have so much preconceived ideas that we already decide that this is not going to work and that we, that, that we actually cancel it out even before we try. You know, it's like, it's like you set yourself up for the failure. So, and a lot of that has got to do with the other part of this problem, because you, and also because maybe there's some stuff that that you haven't actually let go. Because the third the third point is that it takes two to mend a relationship. It it really takes two, you know. Uh, when we we subdivided our plot, and so we built. I mean, we built this wall, and it's not, it's not the best wall because we, we got some, like, second-hand, like, uh, these, what do you call those? Precast, precast walls, yeah. So we put them up, and, we, and Karin says, well, we just paint them green, and they actually look very lacquer, but they are, the problem is our neighbors that were starting to build a house on the other side, they, they broke the wall. So now we can kind of look through this high key, and we see them on the other side, and and I said to him, listen, we'll have to mend this thing. And so they, they came and they, they, they put cement from their side and we put cement from our side. And all of a sudden, we closed the high key, you know, the hole, okay, just for those that don't know. Um, you know, we, 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 we were able to mend it because there was both sides were working together. And that's how you mend a wall. That's how you mend relationships is you kind of use the wall and you, you say, listen, I'm willing to do this. And the other person has to also respond. But it's very difficult if, you, if you're pushing cement from this side and nobody else is doing it, just like squirts out on the other side and there's just a whippy cement lying there. And it feels, and that's maybe how you feel. It feels like, yes, I'm keeping on. I'm trying to, to close this gap, but it's just falling through because there's no response from the other side. And I understand that. But it takes two people. It takes two people making a choice. So, and it's two people saying, listen, we, we, we want to choose this. We, we choose to fix this. And the problem with the whole thing of choice is that God did give us a free will. So, and sometimes people will choose not to mend, not to, not to restore a relationship. And so it's very difficult. It's hard that you have to kind of, but it takes two, you know, it takes two people and, 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 but, it, it's it's hard when you don't get a response, and I understand that. That sometimes it doesn't work like that. And then number four is that forgiveness is a key 
to possibility because the moment that I, that forgiveness becomes part of the process and there's a possibility that is immensely big because the moment that I choose to forgive, because that it's really a choice. But sometimes we have to, first of all, just work through this and say, I want to forgive because I know there's a possibility in forgiveness, but it's hard for me to forgive because, you know, I'm still angry about what happened. And I think that's where I have found where, where the problem lies a lot of times is that, that a lot of us feel that we're not allowed to feel the anger towards someone else for what they've done. But actually, the Bible says, be angry but don't sin, you know. That's like even it's a bit tackling someone, but not too high. You know, it's like just like you can be angry, but you don't sin. You don't kill the person, okay? Because we sometimes feel like we want to, we, we, we feel like we want to kill someone. But I have found that when I express my feelings to God, because it doesn't help you to tell that person, because that's where the problem comes in, is that you say, listen, I'm so gutful of you. Oh, no, I shouldn't say that. Um, I, I'm so, I'm so much of you. You know, it's like, I'm so tired of you. But you all understand that word, eh? That's like, there's a movie of it, eh? Oh, shucks, I'm gutful. Yeah, so there's a movie, so I can say it. There is a movie. That's a flick. Hankanky flick. But sometimes we feel like that. We feel so, we feel so like, we don't know what to do. We feel so, um, like, we just don't know what. We're so frustrated. And then we say it to the other person. And actually, none of us was actually built to, to, to dump rubbish on. So if you're dumping things on people, stop it. Dump it on God because he's the only one who can take it. Jesus died for all that stuff. And he's the only one who can take that rubbish that you are feeling inside. And so be honest and say, Lord, I'm so angry with this person I want to, I want to strangle them. Like David, David said, Lord, I hate these people. And he said, Lord, just like rip them, you know, rip them apart. That's how he, he spoke to God, but he was still a man after God's own heart. Why? Because he knew that he could be honest with God and that he could actually be angry. But the problem is, and that's, this is very important is that we stay angry. Once you, once you give yourself the right to be angry, then the next step is to say, okay, now I'm making a choice. I'm choosing to forgive them. And part of that is to then say, okay, now I'm giving up my right to be angry. And this is the, the secret. Because when I give up my right to be angry, what happens? I'm giving it to God. It's in God's hands. What they're doing most of the time, what the people are doing or the, whoever they are, family, friends, uh, fiance, boyfriend, cousin, what they're doing is still wrong, but it's out of your hands. And now, because I've stepped back, because I've said, Lord, thank you that I'm allowed to be angry. I feel the emotion. I'm letting it go. I choose to forgive. I'm giving up my right to be angry. It's in your hands now. So I'm not taking responsibility for those people anymore. It's not a weight on me anymore. I don't feel the weight it doesn't make me angry. It doesn't make me tired because it's in God's hands. But it, you have to realize that it doesn't necessarily change the way that they react. It's the way that I react because I've given it to him now. Now I feel better. And you know, the wonderful thing is that when we do that, it actually becomes easy. Once I've dumped all my anger, all the frustration on God, and I give it to him, then sometimes when I do speak to those people, I actually have the opportunity to say, 
um, and speak to them about what's happening in a better way because I'm not under this pressure anymore. So that whole possibility, think about the possibility of, of, of the possibility of forgiveness. What is possible? What can God do? And you will be free, you know, to breathe, to breathe again, to just, just breathe, you know, just to know that it's so good to just be free from this because this burden. And the problem is, is that if you, like if you're lying awake at night and you, you're thinking of all this stuff, it means that you haven't let it go yet because it's not supposed to keep you awake. So maybe you need to stop and say, Lord, thank you that I'm allowed to be angry. This is not right. But thank you that I can choose to forgive, give up my right to be angry. And I choose, I, I choose relationship. But I desperately want somebody for that person also to come and, and come and, and, and just do something in this relationship. So the number five is what can you do to help to mend a relationship today? What, what is it that I can do? Lord, what is it? What are those things? Is there someone that I can just maybe call? And is there something that I can do, you know, to repair, you know? And, and remind yourself also that sometimes it's actually okay for this relationship to end. Because sometimes you just realize that this is toxic. This is not a good place to be in. Um, and sometimes I need to let it go because it's okay. Because in certain situations, and, and it's better to, to realize that this is not good for me. This is really a toxic thing. It's not good. And, and, and to let that go, you know. And it's hard. It's hard when it comes to, to parents. And it, it's hard when it comes to someone that's close to us that you actually realize that I've forgiven them. I've released them. But, but there are certain places in my life, and we're going to look at that just now, that, that I'm not going to allow them to be part of. So what does it mean to mend a relationship? It means repairing, it's mending, it's reviving, it's renewing any relationship that, that needs to be, but it's hard work. It takes the efforts of two people intimately involved and equally desiring the relationship will continue. And often it means that God must help me because we are not always equipped to how to do this. You know, and, and help us, Father, you know, and, and give us that grace to, to do that. And he can make things because everything is possible through him. But you have to realize, and this is something that's very important, is that a lot of us in, 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 when we've been hurt, we, we so want restitution because restitution is when this thing is healed because forgiveness is one part of it. I forgive someone. But there has to be someone also that can come and say, I'm sorry for what I did. Or maybe I'm the one that has to do the restitution because restitution is in the hands of the, the one that caused the pain. So there are certain things that I can't, I can't fix it, you know. Um, I'm getting, I've got competition with the rain, but uh, it's okay. Can you guys hear me all right? It's all right. Okay. Um, just thinking of that song, raindrops keep falling on my head. Okay, but that's, but it's not on our head. <sighs> but let the rain fall. Let the rain of forgiveness and grace even just now phew, fall on us. 
just his mercy and his love just fall on us. Restitution is in the hands of the perpetrator. <laughs> it's in the hands of the person that brought the pain. Now, sometimes it's both sides, and lots of times it's both sides. But imagine a little girl that was that was molested or a boy that was molested by a family member. It, it's ridiculous to think that 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 little that person goes to that person that hurt them and says, I'm so sorry that you molested me. I'm so sorry that you raped me. That seems ridiculous because there cannot be restitution without the other side coming and saying, listen, I'm so sorry that I did this. Then there's restitution. And the thing is just that, and that's something that we have to realize, that sometimes there won't be restitution because it will never come from the other side. And what does that mean? It means that I need to forgive. I need to release. I need to say, Lord, I'm choosing to forgive and I'm giving up my right to be angry. And, 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 and that's where you, you kind of have to see that and understand that, that restitution is, is in the hands of the one that made, that brought the pain. And sometimes it's in both sides. If both of you have been wrong, then we come and we say, please forgive me for, for dishonoring you. And the other person can say, please forgive me for dishonoring you and break that cycle of dishonor and then we move on. And that's, that's easy when we have two people that are willing, two willing partners, two willing people. Because, But a lot of times we're not willing because one of the past doesn't want to and then you sometimes have to just stand back and say, Lord, thank you that I've chosen to forgive. I'm giving up my right to be angry. It's in your hands and it's fine. It's okay. We, we, we just let it go. We release it into your hands and we know that you, you have this. So let's look at the next slide. It talks about boundary circles. And you guys are welcome to maybe at home go and, go and draw a little boundary circle like that because every one of us, they, um, so if you want to use it like the rugby, there's a binakant. And a beta count. Okay. So, so we start with you, you the binner count. Okay. And then the beta count, middle count, beta count, all those count that they were talking about in the rugby. It's a wonderful world in Afrikaans. It means your side. Okay. My side is I'm inside. I'm the you. And then there's an inner circle. Think about who are the people that are in your inner circle of your life. Okay. And. And, 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 and ask the Lord and maybe this week do an exercise and write those names of people because sometimes there are people in your inner circle that shouldn't be there because they are, they are not, they are not good for, for, for you to share stuff with them because they don't, they don't, they, they, they allowing or you allowing them to be there. And, and, and sometimes we need to move people out because, and there's a middle circle, there's an outer circle, there's other, the outer circle are, other people that we sometimes, maybe it's people we work with, but, but maybe you've put people in your inner circle that you share things with that you actually shouldn't. So just ask the Holy Spirit to help you again because those circles and the boundaries that we have in our life are very important. Because, and it's not that you don't share your life. I, I, my problem is I, because I'm a pastor and I have a pastoral heart and I love people so much, is that I at one stage thought that I could just tell everybody everything 
and and it's it, it actually caused a bit of chaos because you have to realize that there are certain people that you can't share certain things with you know and 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 it's so you know it's like you you've heard that story of of the the four pastors that got together every week to share their secrets or to, to pray for each other. And the one would say, oh, no, he had a problem this morning, this week with, like he was, like he, he was thinking that he maybe he must take some money from the church. So the other one was saying, no, I was looking at girls. And the other one was saying, you know, I, 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 I'm doing this. And then the fourth one said, yes, guys, I just want to tell you, I can't wait to get out of here because I skinner, you know, I want to go tell somebody about this. So don't, <laughs> don't tell people your secrets. Someone, someone net. Make sure that it's a safe place and, and change the circles in your life. Okay. Um, no, it wasn't pastors. Eh? It was a bunch of, uh, uh, lawyers <laughs> or, <laughs> or, uh, who, who, who the other, well, it was anyway, it was not pastors. They don't do those things. Okay. <laughs> so. But but don't don't let don't let people people in your inner circle that skinner um, that 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 talk out that they can't keep a secret and 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 that's also that's a problem. Um, so ask the Holy Spirit. I I read a book a few five years ago when when I went through my burnout, nearly um, six years ago. That Bill Hybels wrote a book book called Simplify, and it's really a good book to read because. I really found, and that was like a word that God gave for me, is to simplify my life. And part of simplifying our lives is to, is to look at the friendships, you know, that what are the, what are the hallmarks of true friendship? What does that include? What are those, what does it look like? And those are the people that I want to have in, in my inner circle, because those are the people that, that have my back. Um, and sometimes we just, we just want to be friends with everyone, which is great. Jesus was a friend of everyone, and I am also, I'm a friend of everyone. But there are circles in my life, and I need to realize certain people get into certain places in my life, and it's, it's okay. It's okay to do that, you know, and, and, and we need to do that. So, so the, the question is, you know, look, look at your life, look at, look at your relationships, you know, and I think that, that I found a lot of, like with young people, it, it's it's so hard. There's so much pressure on you guys to, because like <laughs> I, I told the, in the first service, I told the people that like when I was younger and and like my daughter became a teenager and now she's gonna go start dating and stuff and I and then I got myself a, a holgeweer, you know, a, a shotgun or a and and no, I didn't really, <laughs> but but I felt like I wanted to because all of a sudden you have these. These, these people that are interested in your daughter and, and I was, I would, I was terrible because I would, I would ask this guy and I say, okay, you guys, are you going on a date? Do you want to marry my daughter? You know, it's like the poor guy, he was so afraid. And I think that because he thought, but I'm not even thinking about marriage. And I said, well, I just want to go have coffee. So I said, okay, but I also know what that means when you say, I just want to have coffee because I've also had coffee before and it ended up in, you know, Making out, fraying, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> so, uh, fray, we, we all, I always say, we always used to say, fray is gratis, and gratis is lekker. Okay, so, so that's like, um, those are free, fray is making out, or kissing, or whatever. But it's lekker. 
But, but I mean, so you're putting this pressure on these young people that they kind of feel like if you take me out, then you want to marry me. That's nonsense, guys. So I want to say to the boys, guys, sometimes just take someone out for coffee and become friends and see how the friendship starts developing and you actually get to a place where you can actually have a wonderful relationship with someone. But a lot of the boys and the guys, they, they are scared because they feel like the moment I ask someone to do that, there's like a, a fear of the commitment. So just release that, man, and just say, hey, can we just have coffee and can we just kind of see how, how this goes and just to sit with you and be with you and, and, and maybe go with a few other friends and just start talking. And uh, it was at a talk, like when I did this talk about coffee, then somebody took my daughter for coffee and they now married. So it can happen, okay? <laughs> he said, it's by your fault. Um, so <laughs> it happens. So I think, but I just want to take that, I really feel like for the young, the young people and the, the, the young adults, um, is, is just relax, guys, and, and just enjoy the relationships again. Because it's become very complicated. Don't make it complicated. And the wonderful thing is that the moment that you become, when you have a friendship, the, the Holy Spirit starts leading you in a place. And then I also want to just say, as, we, as we're talking about relationships, and maybe there's some of you, maybe you are divorced, and I want to take that, that, that just that mark off you and say, listen, don't, don't feel the pressure of that, oh, my word, my life will never be the same again. God is gracious. Nothing is impossible for him. And, and sometimes, but sometimes we have to, sometimes divorce happens. And I'm sad to say, I mean, I, I mediate and I try and fight for marriages as much as I can. But at the end, if you have one person that says, I don't want to, and they choose not to, it's hard because God doesn't ever over, override someone's choice. So it's hard. And if you're in a situation where somebody has chosen not to be with you and you want to be with them, it's hard. But let's ask the Lord. And again, sometimes you need to just work through that forgiveness, that grace, and just see them through the eyes of Jesus. And let's see what he wants to do. Maybe it's parents. Maybe you have children that, that you are estranged of, you know, and you haven't spoken to someone or haven't spoken to them for a long time. It's time to heal the relationship. It's time to say, Lord, I want, I want to see this healed. But it's hard. It's not for the faint-hearted, but it starts with just saying, okay, Lord, I'm choosing. God's given you a free will, so, so make a choice and say, I want this too, and I want to see relationships restored in my life. And think about those areas and look at what, it, what can I do. There are certain things that I can do, but there are certain things that I can't do. And I actually have to just stand back and say, Lord, thank you that I, because I've forgiven, there are possibilities. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.